Welcome to another episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. My name is Ian, alongside my buddy Marco. We are here to recap the Baku, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix in the streets of Baku. Absolutely electric race. Marco, how you doing? Doing well. My most favorite uh, race of the year, and it definitely lived up to the hype that we were, we were given it last week. Definitely. Just like cool stuff happened all around, and we will get into some of it. Starting <laughs> off... For, for today, uh, three things we're going to cover. we got a race recap for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. new sector that we're going to try called Good, Bad, and Ugly. We might come up with a different name for it, but as of right now, that's what it's called. And we'll end up with our race predictions. Starting off, though, let's take it from Saturday in Azerbaijan. So qualifying, one of the more entertaining qualifyings that I think I've actually ever seen, definitely that I've ever seen live, just because it was just an absolute shit show. Charles Leclerc getting his second pole in a row. Also, conveniently, it was the second qualification session in a row that was stopped by a red flag when Charles Leclerc was on pole. Um, they both involved a Ferrari, so uh, definitely got some conspiracy brewing in our heads for sure. If this happens again, then this is we're going all in. We might have to grab one of our Ferrari correspondents to talk about the potential for a Ferrari conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Charles Leclerc, good for him, but like a stripper dunked in baby oil, he found it impossible to stay on the pole. <laughs> okay. Wonderful stuff. And another thing with qualifying, Yuki actually made it to Q3 for his first time. Uh, good for him, but not really. Like we're seeing more and more. He's just such a dickhead on the radio and it's like funny <laughs> kind of, you know, being a third party, but like, that'd be, I feel like that's a coworker shit talking me all the time and i was just like dude i i should not put put up with this and like if i was a race engineer i'm either snapping back or like i i don't know like he's sitting by the kiddies table like for the rest of the season uh, you'd be like you can only pass if you're five four and he's just like stuck outside the door so i don't know but, like, <laughs> i mean yeah i it's it's becoming rude must be this tall to eat with the rest of the team mm-hmm. and then yeah have it an inch taller than he yeah. is and everyone else is making it in so um yeah, like, yeah, I mean, it is it is very funny, but yeah, I mean, I think just like being a little nicer and being funny, and then he's perfect. Yeah. Uh, another thing about qualifying, we had four red flags in qualifying, five drivers with damage to the car. They, they, I saw it was like five drivers crashed out, but it was really just five drivers with damage because Carlos only was losing, I think, some of his front wing. But yeah, Stroll, Giovinazzi, Ricardo, Sunoda, and Sainz in that order um, we're out of qualifying. Worked out better for some than others. Uh, but, yeah, that was the most red flags that we've seen since 2016, five years ago. So just to, like uh, I think most people went into this weekend excited for it because there's been some electricity that's happened on this track before. But this is a great testament to the track when drivers are just pushing the limit, even during qualifying after three practice sessions, and they're still crashing because of how tricky the circuit is with – Super high-speed straights, slow corners, all baked into one. You can't really have a perfect package, right? That you, you have to find just a package that balances both. Yeah, and and I agree. Like we said last week, we had seen the first two free practices, and we saw just a collage of every single car just slipping on these turns, barely being off of the wall by you know a centimeter. So uh, we kind of saw it coming, and yeah, it definitely lived up to the expectation. Still moving on with qualifying. Right before the red flags, Max was actually setting pull sectors in the first two sectors. Charles and Lewis obviously had a very good laps as well, but they had huge toes. Max actually didn't have a toe at all, and so that just kind of showed how well he was doing with that, that extra 
15 kilometers that they got uh, trailing someone. So pretty impressive. And even hearing him during the red flag, we've seen this in other red flags where he's just so frustrated because he was doing so well. And he's just like, this is such a careless error. Like he's, he's just like, he's on another level compared to a lot of these drivers. I just feel like he's just in the zone every single race and just driving pretty flawlessly. I think he's just sees himself righteously. So as like in another tier. And so when you're sharing the track with these bozos that can't keep their car out of the wall, that's gotta be super frustrating, especially when you're on the way to pole. And that was going to be his first pole in Baku. I don't, I don't even, that, I think that was his first uh, time on the podium as far as uh, qualifying goes. So yeah, it was, I mean, just got to be so ridiculously frustrating when you think that you're sharing the road with a bunch of clowns. Yeah, it'd be like if you were a varsity quarterback and you are you went down to middle school and you're just playing with, and you're just looking around and it's like, guys, like, I'm up here, you're down here. Just beaming the football <laughs> off people's helmets. the fucking ball! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like that Peyton Manning. Uh, that Peyton That's Manning what I was just thinking. He's <laughs> just digging kids in the back of the head. What are you doing? <laughs> Uh, well, moving on back to Formula One. That was our little talking <laughs> football. Uh, the top row of qualifying ended up Leclerc, Hamilton, and Verstappen. Good for them. I mean, they've really just been struggling clearly this entire year, so I'm glad they really made it up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. G- Gasly, signs Norris uh, in 4, 5, and 6. That was before the penalty for uh, for Lando. The main thing here with these three, I was just like very happy for Pierre. I feel like he's been very sneaky and quiet, but consistent and good. He just hasn't made a lot of noise because, you know, he wasn't on the podium like he was this past weekend. But yeah, all around good qualifying for them. Signs obviously getting more uh, more of a grip around the car. So, you know, it's just just like exciting, uh, you know, four, five, and six line. Yeah, uh, coming up seven through nine, we have Perez. Yuki and Alonzo. Obviously, we said Yuki had a really strong qualifying and, and pretty good weekend overall. Prez showing up at seven, still a little bit of, I would say, kind of nervous just because he did have a couple good free practice rounds and obviously, you know, showed up and, and outperformed. But uh, it was definitely a kind of a here we go again, especially coming into this week and them saying how good of a grip he had on the car. So, and then Alonzo, yeah, um, still kind of showing some flashes that he's got it. I think it was the first time since the first race that Alonso qualified before Esteban. So, yeah, maybe getting some confidence back. We'll kind of see in next races. And then finally, bringing up the rear for the top 10, Valtteri Bottas getting screwed for the third time in three weeks. Uh, he had the incident where they couldn't take his wheel off. He got left down in Finland. And this time around, he gave Lewis a perfect toe that gave Lewis second position and he could not get a toe for himself. Like it was, it, I just feel like they could have done more to try to give him a toe to give him, you know, somewhat of a respectable position. But coming in last in the, in Q3 is crazy. And speaking of which, just a quick little snippet. Good guy Lewis Hamilton said no thank you to to Valtteri Bottas. There was no gratitude that he shared over the radio or in any of his social media posts. Or it's like, guy, you are literally in the top three of qualifying strictly because of Valtteri. So. You know, good guy Lewis is a myth. Just confirms my theory. And we're going to, yeah, stick on to that theory for the remaining of the season. I'm sure we'll get some. Uh, also, this weekend was one of the only drivers walking in to the gates that wasn't wearing their team T-shirt or, or some type of uh, team gear. So doesn't care about the team. Not a team player. Not a team player. Not a team player. Yep, you're welcome. Sucks. Uh, <laughs> moving on to the actual team. So we'll obviously talk about the top five teams in the standings. 
Ian Asphalt actually has exclusive reports that Max and Christian have been actually calling in bomb threats to Pirelli headquarters. And even just considering this, if the race would have ended the way that things stood before Max's tire exploded, so it would have been Max, Perez, and Hamilton finishing third, Red Bull would be leading the championship 193 to 163. Uh, I know, obviously, they did, yeah, gain some points here, but, man, just being able to even start to pull away from from Mercedes because you just always got to think in the back of your head that it's not going to last. But, um, you know, good for Red Bull. Yeah, roller coaster of a last, like, five laps for Red Bull when they were super down, thinking that, you know, now it was, like, the perfect opportunity to pull ahead was totally squandered. Um, but silver lining for them is there's a very strong case to be made that Checo was just like the perfect option for Red Bull um, at this point. I know it's early in the season. I know Checo like always does well in Baku. He got third and sixth most recently. Um, but it, like if you think about it, the reason that they brought on Checo was he was going to be a clear number two for Max Verstappen, and he played that role perfectly like up until the very end, where when Max was leading and Lewis was having trouble getting around Sergio, who was in second, um, yeah, you could, if you like turned up the TV super loud, you could hear the sweet release of Christian Horner's repeated orgasms, uh, just since that's what they've been hunting for four years and really not getting ever since they had Ricardo leave. So yeah, just, you know, blocking that attack, giving Max three or four seconds of breathing room was awesome to see. It was, it was very invigorating and I'm sure for the Red Bull fans, they had a, had a hell of a time and. Yeah, they're even with the uh, them getting you know bailed out by by Lewis crashing. Um, they're still leading the championship by 26 points, so 174 to 148. Yep. Moving on to Mercedes. So if they don't pull ahead of Red Bull next race, this will be the first time since Lewis's first year with Mercedes that they won't be in first for three races in a row. So this would be the first time in eight years. I mean, I feel like we come out with stats every single weekend or every single episode about <laughs> how big their dominance has been. Uh, so, I mean, this doesn't surprise me at all. It's just absurd. Yeah. How confident are you right now that Red Bull would be able to win the Constructors World Championship? Scale of 1 to 10. So, I would say, you know, I haven't looked at the, the odds or anything, but if I were an odds maker... I would still give Mercedes being the favorite to win the driver's championship. Like, I, I know yeah. that there's a lot of hype and it hasn't been, but I feel like most people probably think that. It's just like, when is Mercedes going to just turn it on and pull away? Yeah, I I would agree. Like, I think it's just we've been so classically trained <laughs> to be like, well, Mercedes, like, has they have something up their sleeve eventually. I mean, it's looking good. Like, if, if Red Bull doesn't have a horrible weekend in France coming up, then, yeah, then this would be pretty monumental just as far as, like, you know, Mercedes' dominance possibly ending. But uh, other things about Mercedes being 26 points back in the championship, like, it's obviously a problem, but it's it's not a big one yet. Right, I think 26 points, a bad weekend from your competitor, right? We saw how quickly Max was out of that race, and that was 26 points right there since he had fastest lap. I think their biggest problem right now is Valtteri. Um, you know, McLaren-Ferrari battle is a good testament to this. Obviously, Red Bull's last couple seasons have been a good testament to this, that you need two world-class drivers who put on world-class performance consistently like to win championships. So, to be honest, confidence seems low in Valtteri right now. His trust in the team seems understandably low overall morale with 
you know, wearing the silver arrows looks bad. So I don't think it's quite time to panic if you're a Merc fan, but it, it's it's getting up there to where it's it is obviously like an issue that they have. Yeah, and like I, I think everyone knew that Valtteri wasn't a world class driver. Like I think no one considered him as one of the top guys over the last couple of years. I think it was just he was a solid driver that was in an incredible car. And, you know, he was consistent, but he was never, you know, he showed flashes because he was in an incredible car, but it wasn't, I feel like when people said like, oh, who are the best drivers right now? Valtteri was never in the, you know, in the very top tier consideration. And I guess that's true. And I think he's yeah. been obviously struggling more this year. And I feel like he's always got critiqued from Mercedes fans or just racing fans, but he's always performed very well. And this is a year where I feel like the critiquing actually might have some truth to it a little bit more than, than it had for sure. Yeah, I agree. And then on the other hand, obviously we've always talked about Valtteri getting shit on. Toto was doing his very, very best. Obviously here we, another reason for the Lewis treatment. Toto was definitely trying his very best not to blame Lewis in any way. Like, Lewis literally came out and blamed himself, which was pretty funny. And it is still like, even if Toto knew that or or not, he would, he's just, I'm going to go down with this ship. Like, I cannot say anything bad about Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, it was weird. That interview was wild, where Toto was just scrambling for words. He couldn't find the words to make a coherent sentence for a coherent excuse. And and then, like, I think, like, a couple minutes later, he shot to Lewis and it was like, oh, yeah, it was my fault. I was like, okay, well... We know who pulls the strings, and we know who's not allowed to put blame on anybody there on the uh, on the Silver Arrows team. But uh, enough of them. Let's move on to third place, which we have a new third place contestant here. So Ferrari jump McLaren. This is awesome. Like having two tiers, two battle tiers, basically, where Red Bull and Mercedes are going to go at it on the first tier, and then you know far behind them to where they're not competitive, you know, with either Red Bull or Mercedes or Ferrari and McLaren. So seemingly pretty evenly matched battles and I think it's just going to come down to who has more of a consistent number two driver because I don't see Lando having many bad weekends uh, I don't see Charles having many bad weekends but you know I think whoever's in that second seat is really going to make the difference of, of who gets that third place spot yeah and I think that's definitely obviously we're going to talk about them up but it's a tale of two worlds on on that second seat as well speaking of that second seat Carlos got a P5 and crashed, causing a red flag. Charles got pole last week and crashed for a red flag as well. That's always a big kick in the dick to Ferrari as well as Charles and Carlos. They've been saying that their car likes slow corners, so time will tell if they can keep up the fight with McLaren. It's going to be, a, I think, one of the more entertaining kind of battles that we're going to see Obviously, now that we have a 1-2, I, th I think this 1-2 is going to be a blast, and I think this 3 versus 4 is. So I think it's something that we haven't really seen the l these last couple of years, and uh, very glad that this is uh, starting to pick up. Yeah. It, one last thing on them is just, like, I I like seeing Carlos do well. Like, he's he's putting in, outside of Monaco, where he was on the podium, you know, not great, but good enough performances, like, from the start of the season, where I think his trajectory is on the right path, too, right now, so... If Charles can keep doing his thing while Carlos keeps learning and improving, then, yeah, they're in a very good fight with McLaren. And speaking of which... Yeah, speaking on a more somber topic, Danny Ricardo had another really tough weekend. I feel like there's not another driver on this grid that I feel worse for. You can see the last couple of weeks in his interview that his 
his morale is so low. This weekend was obviously a huge example of how McLaren needs both drivers to be solid, at least, you know, relatively solid. Danny doesn't have to be in the top three, top five that Lando has been, but consistently strong. And because, as we saw this weekend, Lando had a really tough three-grid penalty. And so for times like that, where we need a second chair to really step up, these are the times that we, we need to see that out of Danny. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of Lando's penalty... I don't claim to be like a rules expert by any means, but I don't understand who he was putting in danger. I don't understand, you know, what rules he broke. I mean, I've heard what rules he broke, but it was just so weird to be like, I feel like it was very targeted and that could be because I'm very biased in this, but it was just like, come on, we don't, we don't need that. Like let the, let the boys race. Absolutely. And as I said, obviously, I think this 1-2 and 3-4 battle is going to be extremely entertaining. I'm going to ask you a follow-up question that you asked me. If you are an odds maker, McLaren or Ferrari? Ooh. Who's taking the three spot? Dude, I'll be honest. I, it pains me to say, but Ferrari... Mm-hmm. At, no, no, no. It, M- McLaren, over the course of the next like couple races where I think there's going to be more... like straights and the engine is going to play a bigger part i think the mclaren like the mercedes engine is going to beat out the ferrari engine so i think mclaren's a favorite there but it's still going to be like a wicked interesting ra- like race between the two of them probably all season because yeah danny's gonna danny's gonna need to get his shit together yeah definitely wicked what'd you say i said yeah definitely it's wicked <laughs> i'm gonna start using wicked now dude ah uh, you dick all right Fifth and final uh, team that we care about right now, uh, Alpha Tauri. Tale of two halves has been said a couple times on this podcast, but man, no more prominent than Alpha Tauri here. And this one is just like very annoying to me. I like Pierre Gasly a lot. I think he is an excellent racer, and I fucking hate Yuki at this point. Like it's, I I think I can sympathize with people being like, oh, it's funny like to hear him on the radio, but dude, it's it's absurd, and, and it's, like, to the point where I, I have a visceral, like, physical reaction when I hear him talk now, so fuck that guy. Who were his parents, honestly? Like, that's my question. Like, what did his parents... Where are his parents? Where were his parents, and where were they for the past 20 years? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just feel like if, if I heard my kid say that, I'd take him out of the sport, even if he's an F1. I'd be like, you're going home. Sorry. You know? Yeah. I'd be like, until you yeah. learn how to treat someone with a little bit of respect then you're grounded. And I think he's young enough. I think they can probably do that. How old is he? 20? Yeah, probably. I think he's 20, 21. Something like that. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Have his parents, like, take his passport or something. Be like, you can't travel now. And these race engineers are, like, 50. So it's a 21-year-old fuckhead. So, you know, saying to, like, some guy probably in his 40s or 50s, being like, shut up. Like, shut up, man. It's like, hey, guy. Like, you could probably, engineer could probably press a couple buttons and make you crash to the point where you're close to well, death. And these engineers have probably had, like, some incredibly nice drivers for the most part, and some, like, probably world class drivers. And they have a rookie coming in just treating him like, like dirt. I'm like, dude, like, mm, come on. Come on, guy. Yeah, guy. Come on. You can make a dookie. <laughs> The big one of the weekend on Yuki's radio was his engineer telling him, hey, okay, push flat out now. Like, push flat out. And his response was, I am. Shut up. Like, three things. One, 
that's an angsty teenage girl answer. Like that's a response that you get after you tell your 14 year old uh, daughter to go to her room. Uh, two, if you're pushing flat out and your engineer says, hey, it's time to push flat out, that means you're probably not going very fast. So go back to the drawing board. And three, Yuki has not earned the right to be a dick yet. Like I saw on Twitter some people were saying that Kimmy has said so much worse. He's so much more rude to the engineers. But Kimmy's a world champion. Like Kimmy has stuff to back it up, and it's probably more productive than Yuki saying, you know, shut up. And, yeah, Yuki – I mean, smart money is on Yuki Sonoda not to win a world championship ever. So, you know, especially if he's finishing so far behind his teammate who was already demoted from Red Bull once. But who knows? Damn, we're like a we're a gambling podcast now. I think that's three references to gambling favorites. There we go. All right, that does it for the race recap. Moving on, we're going to try a new sector. It's called the good, the bad, the ugly. So basically, we're just going to take three things that we saw this weekend, whether it be good, bad, or ugly, talk about that. So Ian, how about you start us off? Sure. Very excited about this sector. I think this is going to be a good, like, quick recap of the main points of the race and kind of key takeaways. So my good is variety on the podium. So since all three of these uh, podium finishers have not been on the podium yet this year, it was good to see, you know, all new faces on the podium. Even when we get, like, quote-unquote cool podiums, we'll still have, you know, a Verstappen, a Hamilton, or, you know, a, a Bottas thrown in there. But, yeah, this was good to see, you know, no no Max, no Mercedes, just three guys who, uh, who've who been working really hard all year. All right, so my good is drivers who were let go last year. Perez, Vettel, and ben. Gasly had a 1-2-3 finish this weekend, respectively. Really relieving to see these drivers who are looking to redeem themselves or prove themselves to their new teams that, you know, the investment in me is, you know, worth your while. Obviously, with, you know, vet all three obviously got to be more consistent with their driving and continue to show that. But, you know, seeing the, the one, two, three and, and seeing those three drivers have been let go. So they've been through a wild couple of years, uh, obviously, and hopefully they can continue this trend throughout the season. Yeah. You think uh, you think old Nico Hulkenberg was being like, hey, uh, you know, drivers who were sacked are really in style right now and typing a line out to anybody? Yeah, dude. Maybe he, like, sends notes to the Alpha Tauri. The racing engineer and the guys, he, he was like, dude, I'm definitely going to pitch you now. Like, <laughs> I, can't deal, I can't deal with Yuki. Yeah, love it. I mean, if there was ever a time for Nico Hulkenberg to come back, it is a time where three people who were on the podium were all sacked last year. So, totally agree. My bad is Danny Ricardo because, yikes, crashing out in Q2, not being able to put together a convincing enough race, really, in a, car, in a circuit where uh, his car probably could do pretty well. Um, I, I hope the situation gets better, but I'm going to need to see some evidence of it, you know, showing that it can before I start to get my hopes up. Yeah, absolutely. So my bad is Mazepin is starting to look not bad. (laughs) Like it's not the first time that he's stepping into not a Formula One car, but any car. (laughs) And this is back-to-back races that he didn't finish in the back of the pack, which many of those back-of-the-pack races, he was like 30 seconds behind the driver in front of him. And he's even getting himself excited there was a video of the Haas race engineer telling him to change something on a steering wheel, and he did it no problem, and the guy was, like, pumping him, like, hey, great job, great job, and he's like, well, it's not Monaco, 
And, like, if you're going to get excited about being able to switch gears on your <laughs> steering wheel, like, you think other race engineers are telling the other drivers that, and they're like, great job, mate, great job. <laughs> like, like th- this is, like, j- I feel like just, like, very, you know, this is part of the sport. you got to do this. And, I mean, shoot, I mean, he's a rookie, though, so, like, baby steps. Do you think in the Haas debrief after the race, they're like, okay, Nikita, you didn't crash, great job, <laughs> or do you think they're that demeaning? Dude, I think, like, probably it was like, hey, look, we didn't come in last, bang. Um, <laughs> like, I think maybe the steering wheel thing, like, improving on that might be, like, number two star. <laughs> I did see uh, there was a stat that usually he was about a half second behind his teammate in qualifying. And this time around in Baku, he was only, like, .08 seconds behind. So, yeah, yeah. he's uh, he our, our little boy is growing up. So sad. I don't want it. I miss, <laughs> I miss the young guy. All right, moving on. My ugly is going to be Pirelli right now since they um, – I would say they screwed up a couple people. And thanks to the F1 safety protocols that have gone around the last maybe 10 to 30 years, uh, they could have really killed a couple people <laughs> this weekend like in a, in, a, in a big way. I think Lance Stroll was a candidate. Obviously, Max was a candidate. You just can't have tires blowing up with no warning. Um, so, yeah, eager to see what they find. I, they said that they were going to investigate that. I don't know how you do that. I don't even know what that means. Like, do you, I don't know how you investigate a tire. But, uh, but yeah, they are, uh, they're down pretty bad and pretty ugly right now. Absolutely. And my The Ugly is old men fighting. Total Wolf and Christian Horner have been in a little cat fight these last couple, pretty much, I mean, the last couple of years, but it's really been picking up these last couple of weeks. Uh, the whole thing is with, as we've mentioned the last couple of weeks, Total Wolf complaining about Red Bull's use of the flexi wings and getting that fixed and even protesting these flexi, these flexi wings. And Horner actually clapped back and said, I think if I were Toto with the front wing he's got on his car, I'd keep my mouth shut. Boom! So, I mean, these are, just, these are just mic drops after mic drops. You know <laughs> Toto is not going to just sit around and be like, oh, I'll let this one go. Like, they're going to keep barking at each other. And I think, obviously, it's because, you know, in, in the years past, Mercedes didn't have to bark at anyone. There was no one that they wanted to be good guys with everyone and kind of let the little guys below them fight fight it out. Now that it's a, it's a battle, I think, you know, Toto's getting a little little nervous, a little sweat on the back of his neck, and uh, it's really starting to show. Did you see after Christian said that about Toto, Toto came back at Christian saying that he is a windbag who just wants to yep. be on camera? I mean – yep. I sure did. Add windbag to some of the best insults that I'm, you know, that I've ever heard and that I'm definitely going to use. All right, I'm going to be honest. This might be actually my favorite head-to-head that we have this season. <laughs> I don't care about the one-two. I don't care about the three-four. I want these fucking race principles to start getting like chest to chest, like like rooster, you know, just <laughs> chest out. You're bumping each other, I, like some Talladega night shit. I I'm just. Sitting back, I have some popcorn, and I want to see this ugly happen. Yeah, I can't wait to call someone a windbag, dude. I'm gonna call yeah, I'm gonna you start a getting that. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's definitely a wicked word that I want to use. <laughs> Fuck you. All right, uh, that was fun. I like that segment. I think we can come up with a better name for it, but that was a that was a fun segment. So, you guys, will probably be seeing that again. Let's move on to our last sector, which is race predictions. 
I want to start this off on a positive note, Marco, and say congratulations, because you did very, very well. As did you. Thank you. Yes. Thank us. Thank us. For <laughs> I'll start off here. Who do we think will crash or DNF was our first race prediction. I chose Charles Leclerc. He seems to always have problems in Baku. He did crash over uh, pre-practice, but he made it out cleanly for the race. And uh, who did you have? I went with Lance. Lance, do that dance. Get out of here. I mean, I knew it was just a ticking time bomb. And I was like, geez, five full races and no no stroll crash? Mustn't be me. That's why you're a genius. That's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> yeah, well, congratulations on that first one. Let's keep it rolling on the Marco train. Uh, we had winner predictions. My prediction was Valtteri Bottas. I was pretty fired up about that, actually, because I thought they were sandbagging over at Mercedes and turned out to be, I think he finished in the teens. So go me. I was wrong. You were on it. Uh, I went with Sergio and another, and I was the exact opposite on Saturday, seeing him seven. I was like, damn, can he really make up six spots? And boy, was I right. All you have to do is have several people crash out. I mean, this is what Baku is, you know? That's true. That's true. I, I knew the race was coming up and I was like, you know what? Anything can happen. We'll sprinkle a little Sergio on this. Yeah. You predicted the unpredictable. Good for you. And moving on to last place. And as we said last week, we are doing a Mazepin count. So only having eight choices for last place to use. I use my Mazepin. And unfortunately, he is starting to figure shit out. Yep. And I I picked Nicholas Latifi. Marco was trying to get at me by saying that George was the last place because fucking ESPN reported that. Like, they've never been wrong about anything. They are the news. They are not the news. They are the sporting news. Extremely so pointless news. Fucking nailed it, dude. Give me a comedy special on Netflix right now. Unless you guys want to hire us as podcasters. Yeah, unless. That's fine. Uh, driver of the day, I picked Carlos. Carlos had an, oh, uh, pretty decent qualifying. He went out pretty early during the race and had a mistake, so he uh, didn't have a good finish. So, yeah, I am proud of my guess, but it did not work out. Yeah, I went with Lando. Had an okay race, 7-5, to five, but obviously there was a couple drivers ahead of him and well-deserved for Sebastian Vettel. Yes, sir. Douche of the day brought to you by Summer's Eve. Who did you have and why? I went with Danny Rick. I would say he considers him the douche of the day, but I don't think everyone else would. Yeah, I went with Fernando Alonso, who actually was uh, had a pretty clean race, did pretty well for his team, beat Esteban, and yeah, overall just a pretty, pretty solid weekend for him. So um, I was thinking about this, like, Obviously, I don't think either of us get points there, uh, but is there anybody who you can think of um, who would be a considered douche of the day? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends on if we're considering quals a part of it or not. Yeah. Uh, but also, I would actually, I'm going to say Yuki I because was he was legitimately the douche of the day. <laughs> That's, we might have to start putting like a maximum... Uh, number of guesses on Yuki because I don't think this problem is going to get any better. Even like last time he had an interview that I saw, he was like, "Yeah, I need to, I uh, need to be like better on my radio and not so like emotional." And then you know, literally next day he gets 
fiery mad at his engineer. But fastest pit stop we have minus Red Bull. I went with Mercedes. They were pretty awful in the pits this entire weekend, so way off on that one. Actually screwed up Lewis's race. They gave him like a 4.3-second pit stop. Yeah. Um, I picked Aston Martin, no reason, and the correct answer was Alfa Romeo, which I would be surprised if anybody got. Yep. Uh, Last but not least, we have our wildcard prediction. I went with Giovinazzi will be a top-nine finish. That was wrong, but... He was pretty close, so I'm, I'm going to give myself a half star. doesn't mean anything, but it is just for myself. <laughs> you get one half star on our point system. So you have eight points and one half star. Uh, yeah, and I had a Mercedes-less podium um, right in the hot hand from last race in Monaco, and it worked out for me. So good for me. Yep, and so this brings the current standings to Ian with nine, me with eight. So we are still keeping it close, keeping it fun. Of the seven, we got four together, right? So honestly, we should just start betting heavy, heavy, heavy money on these on these picks. I bet on the race last week, or, or yesterday. I bet on the race yesterday. How'd it go? Not good. Had Max. I was pretty excited until five laps left to go. <laughs> yeah, you thought you were probably doubling down. I was watching F1 TV and feeling real solid about my $25 Max Verstappen bet, which I think was going to earn me like 35 bucks back. Just a little sprinkle, a little Sunday morning sprinkle. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, I was watching F1 TV, uh, which was a little ahead of my TV, and it was like – it was on the data, but I heard, and Max Verstappen into the wall, and I was like, oh, my <laughs> God, of course. Turn it off. It won't count. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stop the race. <laughs> But yeah, uh, if we if we get four of seven again, we should start gambling heavy. Life's short. Okay. It's only money. Exactly. <laughs> and so that does it for our race predictions, and that does it for episode 12 of the Eaton Asphalt podcast. And any last thoughts? Uh, nope. Just excited for not having to wait two weeks to see another race. We have France coming up this weekend, so yeah, should be uh, should be a good good race week. Yeah, yeah. Really looking forward to it. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for making it to the end of the podcast. Uh, we will see you here in a couple of days while we talk about the upcoming race. All right. See you, assholes. See you, assholes.